Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. Another great episode we have today. Coming up, we're going to be interviewing Donna Peoples, who is the Chief Customer Officer at Pipestream. And we're going to learn all about what she does there. Uh, We're going to learn about some of her customer service and experience philosophies. But one of the most interesting things that Pipestream does is they are involved in mobile messaging. And uh, that is one of the most exciting things happening in the world of customer service and experience. Imagine that everything that you have done, like uh, texting back and forth with a friend, with a parent, with a kid, um, you know, even in business, uh, imagine that that's being taken to a very high-level corporate strategy on how to communicate between a company and business. And I believe a predecessor to that is something called the chatbot. And I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes before we get into Donna's interview. I wrote an article not long ago in my Forbes column. By the way, if you're not already doing so, would love you to follow me. Uh, Every Saturday, I have a column that comes out generally focused on some type of customer service or experience topic. Um, I wrote this this uh, column titled Man Versus Machine. By the way, you just go to Forbes.com and just search for Shep Hyken, and, and uh, my articles will pop up and you can subscribe. But Man Versus Machine, the self-service customer service revolution. And one of the cool uh, self-service type of, of technologies out there right now is called the chatbot. So it used to be a long time ago. You would pick up the phone and you would call somebody uh, at a customer contact center and you might have to wait on hold for a while. And then I don't know if you noticed that uh, even if it wasn't for a complaint or a problem, you just had a question, that would be something you would do. Today you might be on, on a website and you say, have any questions? Call this number. Okay, and you would call that number. You would also potentially see today uh, a little box pop up with perhaps a picture of a person. It could be a man or a woman, or it could just be the company logo saying, do you have a question? Ask me here. And you would type in your question. Uh, Even though they call it chat, uh, I like to think of it as almost texting, uh, just like you do over your telephone. But you're typing the question in, and moments later, a question comes back. And it might be, uh, hi, this is Bob, uh, and uh, thanks for the question. Here's an answer. Um, you, you know, I, it might be anything from, uh, you know, how to do something, or you might even have a problem and want to figure out how to resolve it. But anything that you can type in, any question. So imagine this. Imagine it's not really Bob. But imagine it's Hal. Now, I jokingly say Hal because some of you remember Hal, the computer, in 2001, A Space Odyssey. I believe that's the movie it was in. Hal was the computer. So you're actually typing a question not to a human being but to a computer. And the computer is smart enough to answer you back in the same language, uh, in the same language. you know, sense of, of contextual use, the way you talk. So it's kind of mirroring uh, the way you would ask the question. So really, it doesn't matter what language you ask in. The computer can give you an answer. And the really cool thing is that computer, as you start to ask more questions, it's actually learning the types of questions that customers ask. And it's becoming smarter and smarter and smarter. But this is the really, really cool part. And I've talked about this in past shows. 
If the computer senses that the customer is confused, having difficulty understanding uh, that maybe the computer responded and it was a bad response and the customer says, what are you talking about? Immediately, that computer knows to switch over to a human being. So it kind of marries the technology with the human uh, interaction. But regardless all the company is trying to do more than anything is give a customer an answer in a really quick, uh, meaningful, positive way so that they can get on and do what it is that they need. And I think that's really a, a, a great thing for customers to be able to have a time-saving device such as chatbot. So the next time you see a text box pop up um, in, in your uh, computer, realize it may be a person, it may not be a person, but it doesn't matter because you're trying to get your answer quickly and that may be the fastest way to get it. All right, so with that in mind, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about, or in just a moment or two, we're going to talk about uh, that technology, how it ties into mobile messaging instead of doing it on the computer, on the phone, and a few other nuggets that our good friend Donna Peoples is going to share with us. So don't go away. This is a great episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you a great guest today, and we have the people's choice. Donna Peoples! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Yay! Thank you, Shep. Well, and, it's and great to be here. It's great, to, it's great to have you here because I've known you for, well, known of you for a long time. We've never actually met in person, but that's going to change probably soon. Quick little background on Donna. She is the chief customer officer of Pipestream, and uh, that's a company and she's work with, that works with brands across different categories to strengthen relationships with customers uh, through secure mobile messaging. And while we're going to talk a little bit about that, it's this, this is really going to be about Donna's philosophy on customer service. And by the way, something really cool, small company called AIG. Yeah, really small. <laughs> They're freaking huge. Donna was the first chief customer officer for AIG. Uh, she is a rock star in this industry. So uh, Donna, welcome. We love having you here. And I know you've heard the, the people's choice thing and you kind of <laughs> set me up for that one. So thank yeah. you. No, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me, Shep. I've followed you for a long time, number of years. And I based a lot of the principles that I've put into place in my career around the customer experience and how to think about the customer, not only day-to-day operationally, but more strategically over the long haul on some of the learnings that I've obtained from you. So I'm absolutely delighted to, wow. Um, wow. to well, talk to you. Well, thank you. Send the commission <laughs> check over. <laughs> No, I'm just, the mail. I'm just kidding. That's very, and flattery will get you a lot. So this okay. is, this is mutual love right here. I'm just telling you yeah. mutual love and respect because, um, I have been reading your work and following your work for a long time as well. So let's start with a little background. Tell us a quick little background on who you are, how you got to where you are, and, uh, then we'll start throwing out the nuggets. Yeah. And, um, 
I, I've spent most of my career in and around the customer, but in highly regulated environments. Um, the first love that I had was the energy business, which is, you know, one of the oldest or the oldest regulatory compact here in the United States, still governed by the railroad uh, commission. So it's uh, an interesting dynamic and then made the leap into financial services uh, from there, another highly regulated business. And it was at a time when we were facing down the global financial crisis. And I was compelled to be part of what I thought would be, you know, at least a small change in rethinking how we not only rebuild the company that I wound up at, um, AIG, which was such an honor uh, and had so many learnings there, but also really think about, you know, how do you how do you make the economic world a safer place to do business in? So sounds a little altruistic now to hear it coming out of my mouth, but um, but it was it was really a fascinating time, and we had some great leadership and and did some amazing things. So that's that's the history on me. This is uh, you mentioned Pipestream. This is my first technology company uh, that I've worked with directly, and I always catch myself when I say that because I think in this day and age we all kind of work for technology companies in one way or another. I think if you aren't thinking your business is a technology company, you're probably going to be eaten up or beat up by a competitor who's figured out how to use the technology to make it, uh, you know, to enhance their business, to enhance the customer experience, to uh, build out the operation better. I've got a really cool question to ask because I bet okay. you can really shed some light on this. In all those regulated industries, especially financial services, sometimes, and, and I know you've heard it before, banks, uh, they have a difficult time delivering on a certain level of customer experience because their hands are tied due to regulations. What are your thoughts on that, and how do you get around it? You, obviously, you can't get around the regulation, but, <laughs> but how, I mean, how do you get around that as an obstacle without still, still you know, staying true and you know, within the law, yeah. but at the same time delivering? You know, when, when, when a customer says, hey, I want this, and you go, well, I can't. Why? Well, regulations don't allow us. I think that's a cop-out answer. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We still have to follow regulations. We have to be in compliance. So, what's the answer? What's a great way to communicate to a customer who's in that situation? Well, a couple of ways to look at things, and I always think about you know, in regulated businesses, you know, it's not always um, the companies that are fun to do business with or that people get excited about contacting. Usually, there's an issue that needs to be solved for you know, in financial services, in insurance, you know, in utility companies, you know, th those highly regulated businesses. So I always liken it to, you know, I've got to go to the dentist. And the reality is I'm not expecting to be delighted. I don't care how comfortable the chair is. I don't care how many new magazines they have. It's still the dentist. So I think, you know, internally, these companies have to face some facts around where they fall on the scale of delight. So that's that's one perspective. But the other one is the, the sad reality has been that, you know, so many times these companies, because of the regulations, are looking at everything from technology investments to process improvements to the way they go to market based on those confines that they live in. So, for example, you know, we we 
live in this technology world, as you said. And while I know so many of these companies that are in highly regulated environments would love to use things like Facebook, it was actually my experience. I would love to have boasted about WhatsApp, but the realities were we couldn't have those conversations on those platforms or conduct business and interactions with the customer that were meaningful on those socially architected platforms. So I think we're just now beginning to see the advancement of technology to address what I believe is one of the most underserved markets on the planet, and that is the highly regulated business. So, wow. well, if you, you, know, can, you I think if you decide that you want to focus on just that industry, you'll make a fortune because <laughs> turning the customer experience around in a regulated industry is sometimes not easy. I mean, yeah. there's, there's certain... There's just certain things you can't do, and That's some, right. and the and the customer becomes extremely frustrated. And the situation is, well, I'll go somewhere else. Well, guess what? If they can't do it either, and if they do, somebody's going to get in trouble for doing it. That's right. That's yeah. right. And there are fines, fees, and penalties around not managing customer relationships, among other things. You know and, that are and those also- aren't fun. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But I mean, to your to your point, I mean, I think. The world is changing, and you know, even the highly regulated companies and uh, regulators, we have to change too. But we still have to keep in mind, you know, how do we keep how do we keep safe things like you know data, deal with issues around privacy. So it's it's a very sensitive topic, but one that just fascinates me. And I think there's so much headroom to do great things in. Sure, and the customer experience, uh, really, to for me to know. That I mm-hmm. am, uh, I'm safe and secure doing business with you. Privacy is of the utmost importance. That's as big a part. I mean, I know we talk about amazing business radio and amazing customer service, but customer experience is also the emotional and confident feeling you have with a customer. And if you can create that feeling of hey, total security when you do business with us, you never right. have to worry. We we this is the the level we go to protect your privacy. I think that's part of the experience. I agree. And I think, you know, if a company uh, who's serving this, you know, uh, felt need can provide security, can provide utility and functionality and value to the business, I think, you know, that's what, you know, a little bit of a buzzword, but the triple bottom line, you know, the company gets to win and the customer does as well. And the regulators are satisfied. You know, businesses, I mean, it's a it's pretty much cliche now that if you're able to hang on to 2% of your customers in the way of retention, that's equivalent to a 10% cost reduction. And, you know, we all live quarter to quarter. So what a wonderful way to look at things that you can serve the top line in an improvement. You can manage the middle line to get to the bottom line. So, you know, just kind of rethinking and shifting how we, how we position the way we think about the customer and making sure they have a seat at the table. Right. So we're going to shift gears. And um, what we're going to do is I've I've read this article that you wrote about three ways brands can improve customer service by embracing change. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd love to get your, I'd love to, for our audience to hear what those three ways are. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a really short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that specifically, and you'll give us those three ways. You promise? Absolutely. Awesome. I promise. <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken. We're talking with Donna Peoples. We'll be right back. 
Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.sheponddemand.com. Once again, that's sheponddemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and we're talking with Donna Peoples, and she is going to share with us three ways brands can improve customer service by embracing change. And I read this great article, and I know that you were prepping for National Customer Service Week, which every year is that first full week in October. So uh, if you're listening to this after the week, well, just realize this. You can still work on your customer service and experience the rest of the year. It's not just about one week. It's about <laughs> 52 weeks all the time every year. All right. So um, there's my little pitch for National Customer Service Week. How about uh, these three ways? Yeah. Well, in the article, um, as you know, Shep, I talk about change and how you know companies really are forced to make decisions based on no historical precedent and thinking about things the same way as we always have and trying to retrofit that is not going to work. So accelerating the rate of invention and probing and examining and testing ruthlessly, um, defining and defying biases and overcoming those perceptions because they sometimes anchor our way of thinking. They and get then, in the way I, of I think, it. Is that way yeah, when you say exactly. anchor it, they get in the way of it. It, it holds Absolutely. us down. It keeps us from moving forward. That's right. And then just being ready to expect the unexpected, I think, is the whole change piece. And, you know, we better because there's a lot of disruption going on out there in the in the field. I so, think yeah, a company who doesn't think that their company or industry can be disrupted, I mean, Come on. It's about to be disrupted. It's about to be disrupted. <laughs> and, you know, I know this is kind of going off. Here comes a squirrel, shiny object. Yeah. I was once asked by a client, I'd like to find a speaker uh, for one of our slots uh, who would talk about how to be a disruptor. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we can, you can, you know who the disruptors are. You can just go to their companies. Chances are they'd be happy to send an executive out. But you know who I'd be interested in talking to? <laughs> the one that beat the disruptor. <laughs> the one that right. was able to overcome the disruptor. You know, Walmart was a disruptor. It used to move into these small towns and scare the heck out of the local businesses because now all of a sudden we've got this huge, you know, behemoth competitor and right. that offers selection and low prices. What are we going to do? And actually Walmart would go in and teach a course on how to compete against Walmart, okay? Um, yeah. And the best companies figured out. I, I wrote about Ace Hardware in my recent book, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, and the idea was they go against these big box stores. How do you compete? And by the way, you're getting ready to share with us these three ideas the way you compete is you out-service the competition. You out-experience yes. the competition. Absolutely. You're, you're singing to the choir here, Shep. Right, right. <laughs> I'm trying to set you up here. so. <laughs> That's right. No. So, so in that context, as I said, dealing with change, I mean, we see companies stumbling and arguably crumbling against their ability to do that or not. I think the second thing is silos. And, you know, it always kills me when people say you got to break down those silos. And I always tell folks, 
you're never going to break them down because we're humans. We're naturally resistant to change, number one. But number two, silos are how we think about things. That's how we compartmentalize. Oh, and by the way, they also, inside corporations, tend to represent power and control. And nobody's about giving that up. So I talk about how do you bridge those silos? How do you make elegant the handoffs for the sake of the customer and have everybody see things from a higher level? view. So there's ways and tricks to do that. Um, you know, making sure you have a seat at the table, understanding the agendas, knowing your numbers, finding the quick wins, building, uh, creating a coalition of agreement and giving credit sometimes where credit's not necessarily due to make sure that the change sticks and everybody is winning. So, so that's number two. Yeah. in a siloed, uh, company and, and, Silos, you've got marketing, you've got finance, you've got, you know, customer service, operations, you've got all these different, I mean, if you can imagine, I mean, I always, the metaphor of a silo works for me because as I look at a big farm and I see all these different towers of silos, if you will, and your job as chief customer officer, I mean, do all the people who are in charge of the different departments, silos, so to speak, do they report to you or do you report to them? How does that structure typically work? Well, you know, nobody reports to any one person unless that one person is the CEO. So everything has a breakdown. So there is the art of influence that has to come into play. You know, I, I think a lot about as chief customer officer, you can't have eminent domain over everything. You know, you can only hope to influence um you know, different organizations have different structures that can either enable or detract from the organization's ability to deliver on an improvement in the customer experience. And, um, you know, I have my own ideas about how that best works. And, you know, there's a little bit of art to it because the people involved and their engagement level makes a difference, too. Right. So, I also, you're also very diplomatic, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how a lot of work gets done, you know, Um so yeah, that that's just that's the reality. So um, it's it's an important thing. The third thing, though, Shep, um, yes. I talked about in the article was really mobile messaging because it is the fastest growing communications platform that the world has ever seen. I mean, there's already 1.6 billion users worldwide who are texting and messaging by 2017. By next year there's anticipated to be 28.2 trillion messages sent. So, you know, if I want to talk to my children who happen to be millennials, your future employees and customers, um, I have to text them. They won't answer the phone. They stopped doing that a long time ago. They won't check their email. And they left Facebook a long time ago because they figured out their mother was lurking them. So (laughs) I have to text them. And so, you know, really putting that in context and understanding, you know, how that can be utilized um, from a business perspective. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty widely known. The open rate for emails is down below 21 percent now. Right. And I know I mean, we have a newsletter. People subscribe to our newsletter and we watch a 19 to 20 percent open rate. And we think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But but I think your point texting. That's obviously going to become, if it's not already, extremely regulated because now it's the same thing as calling me in the middle of my dinner on on the phone and asking to take me to take a survey or making a sales pitch for a new roof 
uh, you know, or whatever. And and we don't like those telephone solicitors. And what happens? Yeah. And you know, it, by the way, we can hang up on them. Uh, we get a text <laughs> message. It's like, wow, why, how did these people get my number? And yeah. <laughs> and so I think there needs to be some regulation. But if yeah. I trust you, the company, enough to 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 send me messages on right. my my mobile device. I'm not even right. calling it a mobile phone anymore. The phone's like the least used part of the mobile device. Exactly. Exactly. So you're going to send me these messages. What's what's going to keep me engaged with you? What's going to keep me from disconnecting with you? And by the way, how do I get out of it if I don't want to hear from you anymore? Right. Exactly. Well, it's, it's easy to disconnect or to take somebody, you know, out of you, block the call, essentially, uh, is the equivalent. But I think the deeper engagement, once somebody has opted in, I mean, there's a world of possibilities out there. And uh, I mean, there it's like you said, Chef, I mean, you, there's an instant connection. And how much more intimate do brands want to get with you know, their customers or their stakeholders? I mean, it's right in the palm of our hands or in our pocket most of the time. And it's, you know, it's a supercomputer that everybody has. So why couldn't you envision a world that, as we said earlier, could be encrypted and private, both for the end user, the customer, and for the enterprise? Because, you know, we just, we, we hear about all the data breaches that are going around some very recently, and, and that's a concern. So why couldn't you have a world where it was secure, that there was transactional capability so that you could make payments, you could schedule appointments, you could take surveys if you opted in to do so, that you could have 24-hour real-time customer experience, and that the enterprise could have guaranteed delivery of that message, sometimes regulatorily required, by the way, and have real accountability and documentation that those relationship management opportunities happened in the way that they were supposed to. And then even think about how you might, I mean, all the world loves chatbots now. It's the hottest thing. I can't pick up anything without seeing the word chatbot. Right. It's, uh, it, it's about, you know, balancing the human and the automated interaction. But think about all those repeatable processes, and it frustrates customers. So if, if you were able to put the chatbot in a messaging uh, platform so that it could run the rigor around those processes and provide consistency to both the company and the customer, you know, that would be a great world. All right. So for those that don't know what a chat bot is, it's basically it's a computer, a bot as in like robot. Uh, but think about it as just a computer that is able to, if I ask the computer a basic question in the form of a typed message, and you'll see many of these, uh, what they call instant chat on the computer website, can I help you? And it's a little pop-up box, and it looks like there's uh, a person, uh, a picture of a person with, with you know the text, can I help you? And that may or may not be a person. But you know what? If you say, I'm interested in learning more about whatever the product is, immediately a message will come back. Well, tell me, uh, you know, a little bit more about what you're going to use it for. And you type in. And I think the computer doesn't just answer it as a basic uh, response. It's contextual. It's It can actually, by the words you're using and the phrasing you're using, it starts to know. And a computer teaches itself over time how to interact with a customer. Uh, and t- by the way, correct me if I'm wrong here, because that's that's mm-hmm. the way I see it and the best way I can explain it to the layperson. So, no, you're right. This is typically done on a computer. Now we're taking it to the mobile environment where it's done through texting. And 
the, if you think about it, how much easy, easier can it be than to just simply take out your phone and you're on somebody's website, you, you text to the phone number, and they text you right back with an mm-hmm. answer. It's pretty easy. Absolutely. And nobody gets excited about calling a call center. You know, it's it's just it's not fun for the call center representative and it's not fun for the customer. But but every once in a while, I do need somebody to talk to and just share share my feelings. And I just like talking to people (laughs) late at night. You can call me. Okay. (laughs) You mean I don't have to call the lonely person at the the call center? I I like talking to the Maytag repairman. Uh, I call that call center and they're they're lonely. They're looking for people to talk to. Yeah, they are. So yes, they are. That that will date me. That that little line, the Maytag repair. <laughs> Although I, within the last year or so, they they brought that whole concept of the Maytag repair guy back. He's so lonely because he doesn't ever have to go out and make a repair. Maytag, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I digress. But I see. So what uh, outside of just responding to customers' questions? Uh, there's also a marketing side, um, and I believe content marketing is also a big part of customer service and experience. Any messages? To, I mean, what what would you uh, suggest to companies to put out their content? I, I tend to tell them stay away from blatant promotion. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, and you know, the product that I'm associated with now in PipeStream actually allows the customer to curate their own content so that they can choose. You know. And they can toggle back and forth. Maybe the holidays are coming up and they're looking for something, you know, in the way of a sale or a promotion. And they can toggle that on. Or they can leave it off if they're not interested in in those kind of um, communications. But, you know, I think as a customer myself and working with so many enterprises, we're always looking for, you know, how are the how are the ways that that brand can bring additional value to solve for a felt need or bring information in a timely matter. You know, some days I always say, you know, I, I feel like I'm swimming in data. Other days I feel like I'm drowning in it. Most of these enterprises have a lot of information on their customers and customers want more and more to be recognized as individuals and have us anticipate based on their life event or based on, you know, what their personality or uh you know, how they have acted in the past. So I think there's a huge opportunity, not only for content, but also for some promotional activities well-paced. You you don't want to, you certainly, to your point, you don't want to be spammed, you know, on your phone number. So thoughtful and deliberate execution around that by the brand, I think it's going to be more and more important. The, The pendulum swung hard away from control by the company in favor of the customer a long time ago, and it's not going to swing back the other way. So uh, yeah. the customer's at the wheel. Right. I think so. Customer's in control. Customer can shut yeah. you down anytime they yep. want. Uh, Absolutely. So we're almost out of time, and I always like to kind of wrap up with one final thought. If you've got one thought you want to share with us or one uh, emphasis on something that we've already talked about today, what would that be? Well, you have talked about it in your previous shows, and I'm a a huge fan of the show, about how, you know, any kind of initiative around the customer, it has to start at home with employee engagement before you can hope to engage the customer. So I always say to companies, they should think about the customer first, but their employees always. Oh, I like that. And you know what? Pipestream could probably, uh, even though I know you focus on communication between business and a customer, 
Mm-hmm. What about Pipestream for employees? Absolutely. Because of the security, um, what we've seen is some of the first proof of concepts and adoption that we've had has been absolutely that. Because, I mean, you think about the world of open enrollment and the fact that uh, for a lot of us, the intranet is kind of second thought to the internet and website of the company. So navigating to get their their insurance set up every year is a hassle. Making sure you have a secure environment to deal with payroll issues or you know other HR associated issues, even you know schedules. Uh, we have a calendaring device. So absolutely, B to E is in scope. Well, I like that B to E. We've heard B to C, business to consumer, B to B, business to business, and B to E business to employees. And I love your line. What a great way to wrap this up. Think about the customer first and the employees always. That's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, Donna, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Shep. It was absolutely an honor and a delight to talk to you today. Hello to everybody out there. (laughs) And this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio, because of people like Donna Peoples. So thanks again for being on the show. Everybody, thanks for listening. We will see you on the next show. In the meantime, remember to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.